Did you hear um <laughs> did you hear at the end when Sheldon's going through his list of fears, you notice that he said uh he said I have a fear of like corduroy, I have a fear of dogs, and I have a fear of bofa. Bofa? Both of these nuts! Woo! I, I walked right into that. Send it! Send it! I can't believe I did that. <laughs> hey, that's what company's all about. Yes! Yes! Um, you're gonna you're gonna leave that in. You're gonna leave that in. It's behind the Big Bang Theory. Who made it? He's adopted. How can I be adopted when I have a twin sister? Think, monkey. Think. Young Sheldon, coming to CBS this fall. I can hear them perks coming. I can hear the words coming. I can hear the screeches coming. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Gates of Shell, episode four. I am your co-host, Jack Storbeck. Join with me as always, my co-host, Optin Haydari. What's up, what's up, what's up? How are you all doing? I hope you all are staying sane in this quarantine. And we have a guest today as well. Isn't that right, Jack? We do. We do have a guest. Joining us is my good friend, stand-up comedian and writer, Jake Rush. Jake, thank you for coming. Welcome to Shell. Thank you, Jack, for having me. I've been wanting to get on this show for a while. Um, that's I'm, I'm glad because uh, no one listens. Good. Um, a very exclusive audience. It's not easy to come by. Uh, Jake, so <laughs> yeah. have you ever seen an episode of Young Sheldon? I have never seen an episode, no. I've seen a few clips here and there. What are your What are your impressions? What do you think going in? Well, I'm excited to see it because I've actually met Ian Armitage a couple times. Fuck off. Yeah. So you've met you've met Young Sheldon, but you've never seen his work. Correct. So you're you're actually going in here with quite a unique perspective. Yeah, it's interesting to meet a celebrity first and then see them. Here's the thing, though, is we're gonna, doing their thing. We're definitely gonna have to do something. Did you Do you know he was Young Sheldon when you met him? Yeah, I did. Did you ask him about like it? Like, just because you've seen, like, commercials for it? Or is it, like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd seen commercials for it. And yeah. I also knew... What else did I know him from? He He's in another show. Isn't he in the um, Reese Witherspoon show uh, about rich white ladies who are going crazy? Legally Blonde? Well, Big Little Lies? No, Big Little Lies. There we go. Oh, shit. He's in Big Little Lies? I think he is. Yeah, so he's already a oh. famous actor. So I already knew. And I knew that Young Sheldon was, like, his primary vehicle. Yeah, I babysit these two kids that I've taken on playdates with Ian Armitage. Well, Jake. Yeah. We're, we're going to, you, Obton, and I are going to watch episode four of Young Sheldon. And episode four is titled, what is this titled? It was titled, a Therapist, a Comic Book, and a Breakfast Sausage. Since you haven't seen the show, uh, each episode title is... Uh, it's in the in that order, like three random things, and so. Um, so. Do you want me to guess how I think it's gonna go? Would you like to? No. Okay. Well, then we're just gonna go ahead and watch this motherfucker. Uh, this is episode four: a therapist, a comic book, and a breakfast sausage. We'll be right back after watching it. So, let's do it, boys. Let's do it. I can hear them perks coming. I can hear the words coming. I can hear the screeches coming. And we're back. Um, Yikes. That made me, that was the most, by far the most uncomfortable episode of Young Sheldon. Oh yeah. I'm going to venture a little further and to say that that is one of the darkest episodes I've 
ever seen. We got re- we got really into the psyche of our man. This was like deeply psychoanalytical. I don't often. Where do we begin with this? I I I I'm. I'm I mean, he almost dies right off the bat. Like, we come in, right. he's like, my first time almost experiencing death, which immediately to my thought was like, okay, well, I want to know about these other times just as much. But uh, we start, you know, facing, Sheldon confronts his own mortality here. So we're already, like, kind of yeah. setting it on a really heavy note. Okay, so he, so here's, he, let me set the scene here. Young Sheldon, he, you know, I don't know why I keep, he's just regular. In this world, he's just regular Sheldon. He's not young Sheldon. No, they call him Young Sheldon in the show. Oh, I'm calling. Okay, yeah, fuck it. We're gonna call him Young Sheldon. <laughs> yeah. um, so Sheldon is eating a Jimmy Dean. He, he says that his first confrontation with death was over a Jimmy Dean breakfast sausage. Which I don't know if that's branded. You know, is that like product placement? Because I don't know if it's good PR on Jimmy Dean's part. It's a good point. Maybe it's revert. It's the exact opposite of product placement. Let's say Jimmy Dean's competitor is paying the show Young Sheldon to show the Jimmy <laughs> Dean product nearly killing a child. It's, oh, yeah. it's smear product placement. That that angle I can get behind. And if I know anything about Chuck Lorre, the man is ruthless and he's yeah. tyrannical and he will put his enemies into the... Honestly, I, I believe that from a standpoint of like, it's negative advertising, but I don't think it was Jimmy Dean's competitor. I think it was just Chuck Lorre one day had a bad experience at breakfast and he's like, I'm gonna fucking bury this asshole. I'm gonna accuse this guy of child murder. Maybe, maybe yeah, Jimmy Dean. Maybe Jimmy Dean's a real person who's just like the Chuck Lorre went to high school with. Yeah, I yeah, mean, he's just really. I get it because I tried to accuse Aunt Jemima of making me fat when I was in middle school, so it's definitely in the cards for does somebody it, like Chuck Lorre. Doesn't it feel kind of racist to say Aunt Jemima? It's it feels racist to look at the bottle. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is literally just racist, isn't it? It's just like a mammy yeah, stereotype. Is, is that the most racist brand? Um, I mean, Disney. <laughs> I mean, like, as far as their entire brand. I think the, the Washington Redskins is probably still more racist than that. Because that is sure, just literally sure. the... Uh, it's a literally a slur. Yeah, literally the slur is the name of the, the team. The Cleveland Indians, the fa- their face is just this giant yeah. red... Just a caricature. Yeah. Just, at, least, yeah. at, at least the Washington team... Like, I won't say has the decency, but, like, at least, like, it's, like, a respectable portrayal. Indians are just literally, like, oh, yeah, what's the most racist way we can portray an entire, like, culture of people? Anyway, Jimmy Dean well, yeah, is, yeah, um, we're getting we're getting off track. And the thing that bumped me about this is, you know, his dad had no idea how to do a Heimlich maneuver. Now, I don't know if that mm-hmm. was just, like, not taught about, like, commonly, but I feel like if you're, you're a, a high school football coach, you know, someone would teach you... How like how to do a Heimlich maneuver? Hmm. Yeah, he performed he performed the Heimlich like mid seventeenth century doctors performed surgery. It's blood just letting. like yeah, that it's was the bloodletting like, equivalent of the Heimlich maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> just holding a child by their ankles and shaking them. Yeah. He was doing the Heimlich as if he like wanted children to die. Honestly, it it, it looked like a guy who was like, oh no. Oh God! Oh, he's dying. Yeah, his oh. his Heimlich remover was just crushing his son's windpipe. <laughs> Okay, everyone, so just a quick plot breakdown of the episode. Basically, the episode started with Sheldon choking on a breakfast sausage and almost dying, and as a result, develops a fear of eating solid foods. After weeks of having to blend all of his food for him, his parents finally try to get help for him by seeking out a child therapist. 
Uh, the parents meet with a the therapist, real creepy guy, definitely no credentials. Um, but after they meet with him and they come back out to the waiting room, they see Sheldon is missing. They search all over town for him. Of course, his father doesn't give a shit, thinks anybody that took him will give him right back because that's probably what he's thinking in his mind all the time when he's around his son. We see him, we see Sheldon walking around on the streets by himself. He goes into a comic book store and sees his friend Tam there. Um, and he takes a strong affinity towards the X-Men comics because he sees himself as a superhero with an obstacle to overcome, which is his, which his obstacle is not eating solid foods. But after identifying himself as the superhero, the chewer, which he invented, uh, he finally gets himself to eat solid food again. And after his parents have looked all over for him and haven't found him, he finally comes home. Uh, so... Let's let's start off with that cold open because the last episode we already had a brush with death with Bill Ponderosa's heart giving out like a car battery in the middle of winter. And so we've already almost lost one member in the Cooper family. And honestly, it wouldn't have been a huge loss, but a loss nonetheless. Uh, this is totally different because unlike Bill Ponderosa, Sheldon's mom actually loves the person that's about to die. The dad tries to perform what he claims to be the Heimlich, but it kind of just looks like he's beating the shit out of his son. <laughs> it, it does, yeah. It does. It, he very, it's a very unconventional attempt at the Heimlich. Everyone knows that you want something to come back out of the mouth, so why are you hanging someone upside down? That's not going to help something come out of their mouth. It's better to put someone face down so that it will come out. Yeah, it, re it really looks like he's like looking for an excuse to be like, man, holy, this is my chance. I can yeah. get rid of the bastard and no one will know. But what's it like if you're afraid of your, like you're afraid that your son is stealing all the affection? I guess that's just being a father. Yeah, oh, but like feeling threatened by your son. It's very, we see it a lot in Greek mythology, um, like Cronus trying to kill all of his, maybe he was just trying to kill his first son, Zeus, but uh, in Greek mythology. That didn't work. No, it did not. No, because Zeus ended up being sort of the, the first Greek god you think of, didn't he? It sounds a lot like Sheldon. Well, he was like, <laughs> yeah, he was exactly. like the king of the gods, right? He like sits on Mount Olympus. Yeah, exactly. Know? He And Zeus ends up overthrowing Cronus. Cronus like heard a prophecy that his son was going to overthrow him, so he tried to kill his baby boy, but somehow he failed in some way. Yeah, and again, like we've already talked about Bill Ponderosa's Vietnam past. We already know that like torturing children is his fortune. In his DNA. Absolutely. So, he sees he sees Sheldon choking and Fortunate Son just starts playing in the background. Yeah, just, <laughs> he's just you, like like starts like having a flashback. Yeah, but back to that like that thing with Sheldon's dad, obviously like about to scream Charlie in the bush and then killing his son for the second episode in a row. Oh, yeah. um, Sheldon has like Vietnam flashbacks, and not only that, he has them next to his Vietnamese friend. Right. How does he has flash like he has flashbacks over a peanut butter sandwich? Right. He inherited his PTSD penchant from his father. I just imagine like Sheldon like come up to his dad's like dad every time I look at a sandwich every time I look at food I think I might choke on it and he's just thinking like I saw my friends die face down in the mud and I can't listen to fireworks on the Fourth of July to hear my son talk about how he refuses to eat a fucking apple. Yeah, are you kidding me? Like I. Like, you won't eat an apple? I called a danger-close airstrike with a broken leg and three bullets in my ass. You're going to eat this <laughs> fucking apple. Of all the meat companies 
Jimmy Dean probably actually chokes the cattle that they feed to you. So like yeah. it makes sense. Like if he was if he was eating like a Tyson or a Foster Farm sausage, the way he would die from that is getting a bolt launched through his head <laughs> while classical music plays in the slaughterhouse. Yeah, the the cows are able to wreak the revenge on humankind by killing you. When, while you consume their meat the same way that they were killed? Is that what you're implying, Jack? I don't know what I'm that, I like that idea, though. That's like that's the Texan revenge, you know? That's, the cow is coming back um, in, like, a... It's like prophetic, kind of, you know? To be eliminate, eliminated by, you know, a small Jimmy If you're going to choke on something, it, it it's going to be, like, a sausage or, right. like, a steak or something. Like, imagine choking and dying from, like, a Cobb salad. You'd have to be a real a pussy-ass bitch to choke on a Cobb salad. There's a great moment in the um, school when... Because, um, you know, like, as one does with a near-death experience, you know, um, Sheldon comes out of this a changed man, you know, renewed perspective on life, I guess, and now a debilitating fear of chewing. But he, like, tells his class, like... Um, well, his teacher asks, like, How, what happened? Like, how did you... Why were you in the hospital? He's like... And he's like, I choked on a sausage. And the entire class starts giggling. And he's like, I don't understand what's funny. It's like, dude, come on. Like, how? Yeah, there's some arrested development going he, he on. He also, he says, he says that um, to this day, I don't understand what's funny about it. Okay. Right. That's that the is crazy the crazy part. part. As a grown man. Here's the girlfriend. With a PhD. But I mean, like, it's also like, dude, you are, I don't know. Like, like. How we know that Sheldon, um, you know, struggles with um, certain aspects of, I guess, like emotional intelligence and social intelligence. But it's like, dude, like you, you got to fucking recognize an innuendo. I mean, come on, man. Like, what do you think sausage is a euphemism for? Like for someone so smart, you would think he'd be able to pick up. on Yeah. That. Also, like, is sausage the most like chokeable food? Like, I'm yeah, if you like fucking throw it back, but yeah. like even if he says he says he doesn't chew on a sausage twenty times, I could chew on a sausage for like five bites. It's like and yeah. still muscle it. Especially down. a Jimmy Dean well, sausage. We're, we're talking about a, a small child. No, I'm saying even as a kid. Oh, you think? You, well, you know what? I mean, it's a Jimmy Dean sausage. Like I, I just got some Italian sausage at the grocery store, which we can try later, and we'll see how many choke on it uh, bites it takes you before you swallow. It's a brain. Dude, I'll fucking swallow it whole. I, don't I mean, it's like ground meat already, and also like of all the, of all the ground meats you could get in any form, a Jimmy Dean breakfast sausage has to be the most like congealed and like liquefied version of it. Yeah, like that's yeah. the thing. Like I guess I, uh, like I get it because I don't eat eggs. Like I fucking hate eggs. I'll never try them no matter what. But like. Why, why is he afraid of eating solid foods in general? Jack, 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 because uh, I remember we talked about this. Is it, is it, is it, a, is it just the, the egg that you have a problem with, or is it things with egg in them? Like, you'd have, would you have a... It's eggs. Would you have a cake that's baked with eggs? Yes, but a cake is not eggs. Often. I know, but I'm asking, like, like what... But, but it has eggs in it. Yeah, but it, but that, yeah. So where, where, so, where so? is the, where is the bar? Like, how... How close to an egg can we get? And yeah, how far it? removed does it have to be from its initial form for you to deem it uh, consumable? Like, okay, so so I'm not okay. Here's an example: I'll eat cookies and cakes, but I'm not gonna eat like 
Fried Would you eggs. have an old fashioned with an egg in it? Like the traditional old fashions, you know? No, that's fucking dumb. Would you have a um Would you have like like a candy egg? Yeah. Like it's a peanut butter cup. But oh, I don't like... care. I don't care about the shape. Okay. But like the actual Would you texture have an egg, of the egg. That, the world's only square egg has been discovered. Would you eat it purely for novelty's sake? No. I I, can, really? I mean what yeah. what is like I feel like there's got to be something that's, like you won't eat deviled eggs I'm sure right? Of course not. That's disgusting. But mayonnaise, mayonnaise. Yes. And mayonnaise, mayonnaise. mayonnaise just like That's it's just close. whipped egg. Okay. Well, again, you're 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 if you want to if you want to dig deep into the semantics of what constitutes an egg or not, yeah, I'm sure you could like calm your no, I'm I'm just I'm curious. Sure you could calm yourself down and say like, "Aha, you do like eggs. Whatever. I don't care what you like." But if you put an egg in front of me and say your parents are standing above like a vat of acid that'll dissolve their skin if you don't eat this egg, I'd tell them I love them. <laughs> <laughs> so so that so that's Jack's um uh I don't know, food phobia is the right word, but a very strong food preference. Um Oh, see, I have a mine is fish. I can't stand, can't stand fish. Fish. Don't like to eat fish. Don't, don't like or can't. Eat, yeah, I'll you're going to yeah, Optinia crawl up Jake's ass now. Yeah, too. I am actually. You know what? Like, let, let's let's get into this. Well, We're, this is, this my is ass a, is ripe for a crawling. food therapy session right here. Wait, so what is it? Do, do, is, it yeah. is it like Jack where it's like you refuse to eat fish or do you just strongly dislike fish? I think it's I think it's just like an OCD refusal. Something about it just seems so gross to me. From when I was a little kid, I was just repelled by the idea of fish meat. Fair. Okay, what's shellfish? How about that? For some, for some reason, that doesn't bother me. Well, it's, it's purely it's, They're totally different. They're it, in your defense. They're literally we we just think of them as the same because in the water, but like shellfish, that's like its but, whole own yeah, species, you know. But okay, so like, yeah, I guess it's not like a a food thing. It's like how it's prepared because Sheldon's not afraid of sausage. He's afraid of the consistency. So like, there's the, there's a parallel. Like, yeah. like eggs, yeah, are in cookies, but they don't exist in that form no longer. Same right. with like Sheldon's uh, meat smoothies. That is uh, right. Meemaw disgusting. Prepared. He like so so Meemaw, um, you know, trying to help Sheldon, uh, blends his breakfast his dinner together and feet. It's like a pork chop. Just like gives him a pork chop milkshake, <laughs> and then uh, and then so Sheldon proceeds to not eat for four weeks. I if if, my, if that's if. That's what it is for five, five weeks. weeks. Yes, and that right. he only drinks it. Yeah, he only drinks his meals, and we're not talking about like some like hip Los Angeles like like no solid food diet like juicers or whatever who just like fucking blend. I I know people who have like juiced or whatever and like just not ate solid foods for like weeks, whatever. But what, those that we're talking about are like that's like super greens. That's like you have a carrots and shit. It's like you blend a salad, right? Or you're blending like a fruit fruit. Like yeah. we're here, we're talking about my man. Straight up, just blends like a T-bone steak. They blend like what? Else, what else do they blend? Whatever they can yeah. fucking yeah. find. Yeah, I guess it's not really clear. Yeah, they sort of skip. Past There's that. one meal where he has like literally like pork chops and like mashed potatoes blended in together. There's one. There's one where it's like I feel like like put like chicken nuggets or something. I don't fucking know. Like chicken wings. Uh, like imagine being so goddamn thoroughbred white trash. That the thought of feeding your kid soup is not even there, but the thought of like blending down pork 
into a smooth puree with the gravy so you can feed a child is a sensible move. Here's the thing. I know heart disease runs in the family and we just got out of the hospital because your dad had a minor heart attack at age 45. <laughs> but let's blend up a fucking steak and pour some gravy in it, Sheldon. That's going to make a nine-year-old boy live long and healthy. Yeah, honestly, the only thing that would have made this more like suspect is if they just like said, okay, Sheldon, you're not gonna eat. Whoop out the enema. Oh my God. <laughs> we'll get it in you some way. We'll get it in you one way or the other. And of course, Mima is the one to come up with that idea because every problem in her book can be solved by drinking. Oh yeah. You know what I've noticed? So I've only seen one episode of this show and it's this one. Is Mima supposed to be like that cool, hip grandma that everyone watching at home is like, I like Mima. She's my favorite character. I mean, it depends. Like, calling Mima cool and hip, like, she's somebody, like, it's not, she's not exactly a room full of people at Hot Topic. She's like a room full of people at, like, Malibu uh, Sunrise Rehabilitation Center. Yeah. <laughs> Like a bunch of people sitting around in a circle holding coffee and like breaking into a cold sweat. You wouldn't really walk in your first thought be like, wow, yeah, this is fucking tight. She's not like a cool grandmother in the sense of like, oh, she used to hang out with Warhol and she like, and yeah. now she's like surfing and she like still does like acid like once a year or something. She's like, oh, she's just like a raging alcoholic my grandmother. Right, which is the Texas version of all exactly, those things. Exactly, yeah. I truly, th I think Mima is the least anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic person in Texas. Because, like, she, she brings up at the dinner that she's, like, dating this Jewish guy. Which, like, I give her the credit of being the least anti-Semitic person in Texas at this time. Having said that, she calls him, she calls him a Hebrew and then she constantly brings up the fact that they're all lawyers and that they're all, they all control the media. It's like they all know each other and they, they're all doctors and psychiatrists and lawyers. Yeah. Very normal stuff for uh, you to say on CBS. Yeah, and then she talked about how she was like, she talked she, about- She kept talking about how like a group of them just knew that 9-11 was happening and didn't show up to the Twin Towers. <laughs> it was uh, really uncomfortable actually. So reiterating, reiterating at the dinner table. Doesn't this show take place in 1989? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah, what? Okay, she, she, you she, got me there. You got me there, Jack. She's an oracle. <laughs> She's an oracle. She either predicted or plotted 9-11. Uh, I like to think Meemaw was behind 9-11. Meemaw was both behind 9-11 and also behind 9-11 conspiracies that are anti-Semitic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a long con. It was a long con for her, you know. She did it just so that she could blame the Jews. But not, but not even directly blame the Jews. Just insinuate constantly that it might have been the Jews. Yeah. Mima, though, like, I mean, I think she's the most amusing character, for sure. It's all there. His grandma is a sexual minx. Yeah, she's a she's a free woman. She's, you know, she's she's a liberated woman. Yeah, I mean, she killed she's her. A, she's a boomer. She killed her husband. Yeah. I, 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 liked, I just like that her arc is just like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking. I'm fucking, and it's going great. And you know what? We have to stand. Yeah, I feel like it's what she's doing is the equivalent of somebody now being like, oh, I did hand stuff with a guy who's developing his own app. Like, that's, that's a... No, it was a little thing in small town Texas. It's like, you know, like, is the, the guy you're having sex with, is he a felon? 
Or does he have a small franchise of AutoZones? Yeah, the fact that it was, I think it was also important that she mentioned that he was Jewish because knowing Mima, if she hadn't brought that up, I would have just assumed he was in the clan. If there was ever somebody that would be like a groupie for the Ku Klux Klan, it's Mima. No, dude, Mima, mm. Mima, no, 100% Mima is down with the cause. Mima was in the weather underground. This is what we don't understand. Yep. All the all the stuff about her killing her husband is a front. Her and her husband were in the weather underground, and she had to reinvent a new life for herself. What's the weather underground? Like the left wing underground, sort of like proto terrorist group. Oh, okay. They like, they like bombed a bunch of buildings and like you know, um, like doing like real radical shit in the sixties. That's Mima. Mima is like setting fire to like the ROTC recruitment center. She she's not the kind of person that would actually like be like the River Phoenix movie running on empty, like, oh, we're going to blow up an ancient orange factory. Like, she's too drunk to do anything. I even noticed, that, and you guys said you've noticed this in previous episodes, that Mima seems like an alcoholic because she always has alcohol in her hand. Oh, she is. No, she is an alcoholic. She was drinking beer out of a stein at like four o'clock in the afternoon in this episode. Right. I, I don't have faith that Mima is having sex with anybody that makes money legally. Yeah, Am I wrong? she seems like the kind of lady that would try to have sex with mafia bosses. She, she's yeah, she likes to run with some danger. Yeah, you know? that's... she wants she wants like Hell's Angels or like Black Panthers, like not like you know, not like dudes who like go to the PTA and like yeah, those like neighborhood watch boards or like what is it like the uh, the property owners council. I'm sure back in the day. Mima was probably swinging with the best of them. Like she was running with the cool cats in, in, in town and all that stuff. But as time's <laughs> arrow marched forward and gravity pulled that skin way down to the floor. And the only way she can have that brush with danger that she used to have in her youth is by mixing Vicodin with alcohol. Like that's the closest she gets to a thrill now is treading that line like a tightrope of overdosing. She used to be able to go after the cool guys who were rich. Now she just has to settle for the nerdy rich guys. Like, who says he's nerdy? Maybe, maybe, maybe the maybe our dude is just also like maybe they're just shooting heroin together in this fucking maybe he's a really grand cool guy. furniture store after it closes. Yeah, I doubt he's that. like Lenny Kravitz, but has a furniture store. I don't think people like Lenny Kravitz are hanging around people like Mima unless it's like an existential exercise where they're like, I have free will. I'm going to do something. Otherwise I would never do. And that's Mima. Mima is an existential glory hole. <laughs> oh, she's a cougar for sure, man. That That's what I appreciate about her at least is that she's kind of like, I'm going to live my life on my own terms, no matter how bad I smell and no matter how many days I've gone without a shower, no matter how many breaths of pure oxygen I take. I'm going to do what I want. And you can't say that about anybody else in that family because they're all in their own prisons. And without her, we will be stuck with Sheldon's parents who are um, fucking idiots, frankly. Um, Sheldon's dad, uh, Bill Ponderosa in this episode, um, uh, is really seems just like willing to just be like, well, we lost them. That's it. Yeah. Clearly his dad didn't love yeah. him. That's got to be a big part of his emotional detachment from the world. I, I don't know. I think that Sheldon willingly doesn't give a shit about his dad. You know? Yeah, he might, on a conscious level, not give a shit about his dad. But subconsciously, the lack of affection from a, 
a parent is going to have some lingering psychological traumas. In all fairness, for, like, Bill Ponderosa, like, he's a terrible human being and deserves, like, every inch of the devil's wrath when he finally meets his the end of his mortal life and descends into the eternal fires of hell. But Right. Not just for what he does in this show, but for what he does in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Exactly. Which, as we know, is in the same universe. It is in it's the same canon. universe. It's canon. Bill Ponderosa is the yeah. final form of Sheldon's dad. But Sheldon's mom, like at least Shel- at least Sheldon's dad hates all his kids and like thinks they're all like holding him back from reaching his true potential of drinking right. way more often and being way more of a loudmouth lazy ass. But Sheldon's mom plays so hard of favorites on Sheldon, just treats cuz like when Sheldon goes missing, his mom is freaking out and calls home to see if he's there. Like I thought that was an interesting point how uh, Sheldon's parents were worried sick that they called home and Sheldon wasn't there, uh, but completely disregarded the fact that, oh, neither are our kids. Right. You know, we have two other kids, but, you know, they have C's in high school, so they could get kidnapped for all I care. Fuck But, em. you know, but, but I think they understand what we, the audience, also understand, which is, um... Of no, those three ki- Oh, no, 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 hold up. You didn't hear what I have to say. You did not hear what I have to say, Jax Torbeck. Those other two, man, they can handle their shit. Like, you know, Georgie, Georgie can fuck somebody up. Georgie, Georgie's not playing around. Georgie's on some um, fucking um, Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone shit. You know, that, that man, he can, he can set up a trap, I'm sure, right? And um, well, Yeah, he's, the- he, he's a pyromaniac, we learned from the last episode. But yeah. um, the only thing he's missing is, like, Sheldon's lack of empathy towards hurting another human. The closest we get to that is football, but Sheldon's actually like, Sheldon's going full triangle shirt waist on a family of squirrels. Again, going back to the theme of Sheldon's mom being overly coddling and the dad being overly absent. Like the dad doesn't like, takes one look at the guy and he's like, I don't give a shit. I just want to go home, drink beer. All he can fantasize about is like his second family in Vietnam. <laughs> right. But so he does have a second family in Vietnam. He thinks he has a, had a baby with Kim Lee, right? We assume. Yes, it's yeah. canon. Uh, <laughs> it is canon. But it is canon that Bill Ponderosa is always thinking about strange. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's funny that he just kind of like he wants his kid to disappear I, I think like secretly bill ponderosa is like man oh my we could end this all right now we don't have to skip town everyone will just be sympathetic to us it's the perfect out but no this little bitch has to come home <laughs> talking to me about the competing philosophies of magneto and dr x like fuck that yeah god forbid his son talks to him about something he's passionate about He's like, he spent less time looking for his son who was kidnapped in probably like the golden era of child kidnapping. Spent less time concerned about finding his son than I have for like finding my phone. Yeah. The dad never showed any emotion. Yeah. Like when I, when I, like if my phone falls out of my hand when I'm driving 95 miles an hour down in a school zone and I will like literally scan the bottom of the floor of my vehicle trying to find that phone and that is a thousand times more oh yeah i spend an hour on the street like literally on like face to the ground street middle of like an overpass in like hollywood because i dropped the fucking airpod like looking under every car i could 
for like a blo- like way past everything. Bill Ponderosa is just too horny to think about anything else. Well, yeah. His mind is constantly preoccupied with strange. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like I would say like he probably spends more time searching for porn, like the right porn video to watch than he did trying to find his son. But yeah. again, this was in All 1989. Right. That's not canon because there was no porn video. Well, that's then. the thing. I think this is the advent of internet. I think he literally would wait longer for a video to buffer at the public library <laughs> with sitting there at a computer with his pants around his ankles, sitting there like an asshole from the 80s waiting for an internet page to load. Spent longer doing that than he did looking for his son. Again, then Sheldon's mom, on the other hand, is so concerned about her son eating, even though he's eating smoothies, like a bunch of people can't like right. eat solid foods for whatever medical reasons. So she just brings him to this clearly seedy doctor that probably got his degree from Thunderwood College or some fake <laughs> online university. I want to I want to get I, I want to go back in that episode and look at the degree on his wall cuz it probably just says LOL yeah. on the fucking degree. <laughs> it's like Phoenix University of Phoenix online <laughs> even before the internet. <laughs> He took his. He took a master course during the era of dial-up internet, and he's like, "I could probably help the psychological traumas of kids. Probably make it worse." Do you know what the internet? Do you know what the internet was like in 1989? Anything off the anything off the internet was just like now the stuff of folklore. Did they oh, yeah. even have the internet in '89? It was a scary internet. When did the internet go live? Late '80s. In the '80s, there was definitely the internet by now because this is like. Sheldon had had to have some sort of back channel to uh, seek to get out the nuclear weapons. Well, he had, to get the yeah, uranium. He had to, he had to seek out uranium. I think um, it was like early to mid '90s when, like, the internet as we sort of know it really came about. Do we ever see Sheldon's siblings all grown up in Big Bang Theory? No. I don't know. I haven't I, seen that show, but it's not canon. It's not canon, as we've established. I mean, like, I, okay, I've seen I've <laughs> seen the show, but like, I haven't like watched the show. Wait, Jack, have you seriously never seen the show? No, of course not. So, okay, so it's two different shows from separate universes. But then how come Sheldon Cooper, the adult, is still narrating? It's the same actor. This, What's well, that guy's it's name? The, it's, it's, it's the same person. Like, think, it's like, it's kind of like this quantum infinite universe theory where oh. it's like, no matter what way you, uh, like, every quantum decision made, the other branches off in a different universe and there's literally infinite universes so we are existing yeah like in the in in the multi-sheldon verse okay there's sub there's infinite sheldons going on but this one that we're in is not the one in big bang theory but regardless um Uh, i mean like what also also another theory because we know we're dealing with therapy in this episode what if this is just all the entire young sheldon entire plot line is Sheldon like recount like being psychoanalyzed like recounting it to himself or to a therapist just like revisiting and re-narrating his childhood but from like a subjective perspective yeah maybe he maybe he's much more inclined to believe that his parents took him to a counselor to help him when in all reality it was a marriage counselor to help their dissolving love life that was the result of their incredibly difficult child oh yeah yeah we're gonna bring him as like kind of a punishment to like, right. like you're like gonna a look watch. what you've done to our marriage. Yeah, we want to make sure you're well aware of where this is going. Oh yeah, <laughs> and whose fault it is. Um, but of course, that goes right over Sheldon's head because he's obsessed with comic books. Well, but, he becomes obsessed with comic know. books Cause at the beginning of the episode. He he looks down at Tam for reading comic books, and it's just like, 
you know, like you like it's one thing to look down at comic books because like oh, like like ha- like that's nerdy, right? But like Sheldon's whole thing yeah. is like oh, that's that's like demeaning to literature. I don't know. At least tell him. They acted like he was like a, a dog they were about to go take to put down. And they're like, get in the car. We're going on a. We're going to the dog park. He's like, come on, son. We're going to the observatory Lord. to view Jupiter in transit. Is that what they said to him in the episode? I don't know. They but they they didn't tell him like we're gonna take you to a therapist. Either. Right. They just like kind of threw him in the car. Well, not throw him, but like actually they could have probably him, like based yeah. on how Bill he, Ponderosa would. Yeah. Basically, based... he tried to resuscitate his son. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, like, this guy's a public school teacher, he's a football coach, you know, he's an athletic professional responsible for, well, not athletic, like, he's physically fit, but, you know, he's, like, works in athletics. But he, he's responsible, he's, a, a, a sports coach should know how yeah. to perform the Heimlich. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, of anybody. Any, anybody yeah. should, but, like, if you're a teacher, but especially a sports coach, like, how the fuck do you not, like, they, like, did not go to a class? Like, was Texas just really that far behind in the 89 where they were like, yep, if you see someone choking, just, like, punch them until they start breathing again. Yeah, Sheldon's dad was probably blacked out at that meeting. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. The whole family is teetering on alcoholism, to say the least, to put it conservatively. I wouldn't say Mima's teetering. Yeah. No, no, Mima's off She's the excelling, edge. frankly. If alcoholism is a seesaw, it's the seesaw is uh, perpendicular to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Again, we have so many inconsistencies and questions with Sheldon's intelligence. Like this whole thing about him choking on food is like just a complete neglect of probability bias where he like if he's so smart, he knows that like the odds yeah. of him choking on food are are infinitesimally small. Yeah. But he's way way less than dying in a car crash. In Texas in the 80s. Or getting kidnapped in Texas in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. This kid's willing yeah. to just walk out on his own when in the last episode we've already established that his directional skills are completely asinine. Right. And he just walks yeah. out okay, and we know in the that... middle of Texas. Like, are you kidding me? That's his memory. And you're, and afraid he walks... of, you're afraid of choking to death on food, but you're going to walk out alone as a nine-year-old boy into a comic book store. Well, Sheldon, maybe we know the priorities? Sheldon that we know wouldn't do that, which is why he's created this memory. That That's how we know it's a created memory and not an actual event. Yeah. and I think Especially that's... because when he's at the comic book store, he ends up seeing the chewer in the comic book. Like, So it's clearly that what we're seeing depicted on the screen is not an accurate reflection of what happened. It's... An altered memory, a false memory. Yeah, I found it. I found it really odd that you know they chose to end the episode with um, that very therapist actually showing up to a house, and uh, he shows up with a six pack of beer and video games, and it's just Chris Hansen sitting there. <laughs> it's a very odd choice. <laughs> so oh, what are you doing here? Oh, Do you know the, these are uh, these are for me. I wasn't gonna give these to them. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, I was just, I was gonna, I was gonna meet some friends, you know, uh, these, yeah. Um, dude, what, you know, there's, there's one thing that stuck out to me in the end when, um, Sheldon is, uh, it's just when Sheldon's sitting in this fucking comic book store or whatever, he's like running through his fears and he mentions, uh, fear of corduroy. Hmm, that's right. He does. He's, he's like, I, like, I'm afraid of like, you know, he's like running, running, running through his fears, like sharks, dogs, cats, like. Heights, whatever. Like, he's just listing, like, a comically long list of things. And some of those are intentionally absurd. But, like, how is one afraid of corduroy? You look like a man that knows his corduroy. 
So what you won't find any corduroy in my closet. Not a fucking teddy bear. You know, what is it about corduroy? I think perhaps the texture, the felt texture, to some people might feel like nails on a chalkboard. Except, except it's, you know, like really soft and nice. Yeah, but it, it could be over-sensory. He's, it's reasonable to assume that he could be sensitive to sensory overload. Corduroy, though, is like, um, I don't know. I just think it's a very bizarre choice of, I just want to imagine, like, how, how does that look like? Like, is he afraid of him wearing corduroy? Or is it like if somebody came up in front of me and was wearing corduroy, I'd be like, like, begone demon. Like, I start just freaking out. Um, I think, I think he'd be fine as long as he didn't have to touch it. This is just my guess. Interesting. Or perhaps he would look down on other people. For that we're wearing it because he has such a negative association with it hmm. that he associates people that wear it Do we ever negatively. see his dad wearing corduroy? I don't believe That's so. a good question. I would invite uh, a, a bigger young Sheldon fan than myself to investigate that. We'll, we'll stay tuned. Yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, keep an eye we'll, out. Keep an eye hey, out for Sheldon's yeah. dad's corduroy. If, if Sheldon's dad would look terrible in corduroy. If at any point there's nope. a shot that includes Sheldon and somebody in corduroy, and Sheldon does not react with panic and fear, then I will be taking this to Comic-Con. And Chuck will hear my complaint. As you should. And Chuck Laurie will sue you to Kingdom Come. Oh, yeah. Pointing out the plot holes and, and just like... I get taken away by, like, FBI agents. And I'm, like, screaming, like, take yeah. this man away. And I'm like, what about the corduroy, Chuck? What about the corduroy? Yeah, Chuck Laurie will defer all questions to his bank account. <laughs> the, the end of the episode, when Sheldon goes home, I'm trying to regain my thoughts here. What happens at the end of the episode? This is, like, not... This... Well, Sheldon talks about how he uh, notices all the supervillains are doctors, and he says... Well, if nobody respects me, then I'll have to cho- then I'll have to change sides. That's right. Right. He does say that. So he kind of gives Tam this "Don't come to school tomorrow" spiel. <laughs> yeah. Or don't come to like society tomorrow. Sheldon definitely could have gone the other way, if he hadn't like been a skilled uh, mathematician scientist type, but still had been as disconnected from society, like just as alone but not as genius he probably would have been a school shooter i feel like I f- he's got all the signs i mean he still could be the unibomber yeah 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 exactly he could i feel like though i feel like sheldon is he would need to be i do think he has like serious like here's my manifesto um i always liked you tam um you know like vibes he has those vibes but also like he would need to be more like he doesn't seem to be bothered by other people like, not, like, liking him or, like, making fun of him, you know? Like, the scene with the, the sausage right. at school, where he's like, I don't understand what's funny. It's like, if he was, like, these kids, like, you know, I'll show them all. Like, the, the, Oh, yeah. He, That's true. <laughs> he doesn't really care. Yeah, he doesn't really care. So, I mean, like, how could he be, like, it almost was just pure, like, nihilistic, just, like, whatever. But, like, I don't think he's resentful enough, you know? Well, because no, there's no one to egg him on. There's no 4chan yeah. for people to, like rally behind him yeah right but i don't know forcing your kid into therapy will only piss him off more yeah my parents forced me into therapy when i was in sixth grade and i did not cooperate what'd you tell the therapist i mean i just would tell him whatever he wanted to hear to get out of there sounds like like a very productive way about going about therapy 
Yeah. I See, if a kid doesn't want to receive therapy, you're not going to get through to them. True. I do think that's funny to do, though. If, like, you accidentally... If, like... Let's say, like, hypothetically, you just weren't paying attention to what you're saying. And, like, you're just, like, kind of rambling. You're just answering yes and no questions and not paying attention. And, like, the therapist that comes out of it, just, like... Like, you know, your son just said, like, you know... Like, you beat him senseless or something. You just, like, blindly agree to all of these, like, theories about childhood trauma that, like, your therapist trying to impose on you. I mean, the, I kind of... Yeah, my parents forced me to talk to a counselor when I was in ninth grade. And I kind of did the opposite of you, where I just, like... I'm like, okay. Let's do this. They're not going to listen to me. I'm about to just, like, throw on the fucking... Daniel Day Lewis mask and just make this therapist. It was like George Costanza in that episode of Seinfeld where he like recounts his life to try and like make himself seem pathetic so he could get that apartment. Yeah. That's like what I did because I was like, I need to transfer. I fucking hate this school, but like my parents aren't listening to me. So I'm going to just like completely fill this idiot therapist's head with just a bunch of bullshit because the. So, so what kind of bullshit did you fill his head with? Well, I mean, I just said I got, like, bullied way more than I did. And, like, oh, yeah. I, I, I laid it on Jimmy Dean sausage thing. <laughs> wow. Like, I was like, he's not going to choke on a sausage, but he's going to be choking on tears by the time I'm done with this asshole. If you can make your therapist cry, then you're a very good patient. Jake, do you have any thoughts on this episode? Um, I think that Sheldon is disconnected from the world, from reality in a way, especially in a social sense. And he finds refuge in comic books. Yeah. Um, Sheldon really, like, went... Like, you mentioned it in the episode often, the whole don't come to school tomorrow, I always liked you, Tam, thing. Where yeah. he is, like... One, oh, he identifies as a supervillain. He, he identified... Well, at first he identified as the X-Men, which, okay, I get that. Like, a lot of kids identify with that. But he's like, oh, it's he's a mutant and no one understands me. Like, that's me. I was like, okay, that's a little on the nose and a little, like, right. sinister the way he said it. And then at the end, when he's walking home with Tam, he's like, all these doctors are supervillains. Like, what if people don't respect me? I'll switch to the other side. It's like, Sheldon, people already don't respect you. Your dad was more concerned about losing a few bucks... Than finding oh, you, right. like what also, do you mean? Like, like he, if, if that's if that's the criterion you're using to justify respect, then forget about school shooter. He's gonna be a fucking yeah. He's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be Bill O'Reilly. Any other final thoughts that I could maybe uh, use in this episode? Uh, other final thoughts include Sheldon uh, is a sociopath. A good wrap up. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, before before we let you go. Uh, Jake, because we're trying to get the guests more involved because, you know, like you ha you don't have the young Sheldon uh, backlog of information that right. I right. shoved, in, shoved of in our heads. Um, so I'm just going to ask you a few questions, uh, kind of get to know you, kind of get to know your thoughts on the episode. Some of them right. are related to the episode. Um, here's one. So, Jake. Yes. If you could have any superpower from any comic book or movie... Which parent would you pick to live with and tell the judge that at your parents' divorce custody battle? Wait, wait, wait. So if I had, I, wait, I could pick any superpower. If you, could, if you could have any superpower from any comic book or movie, which parent would you tell the judge you wanted to live with more? <laughs> uh, my mom. Okay. Pepsi or Coke? Uh, Coke. Israel or Palestine? Israel. Ooh. Yeah. 
Obton. We're gonna, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna pass on this one. Okay. If you could meet any celebrity, dead or alive, how would you convince them to talk to your parents into staying together and maybe seek marital counseling? Oof, that's a good... Um, Johnny Cochran. Why? <laughs> because he's persuasive. Okay. Here's Jake, here's another question. Uh, yeah. Do you believe in love or do you think your dad's new apartment outside of town is going to be more of a long-term kind of thing? <laughs> um, I think it, I think it's going to be a long-term kind of thing. Okay. Here's a, here's a, here's Here's a math question cuz Sheldon's big into math. How many inches are in a foot? 12. That's good. You're smart. Um, do you think Greg is a cool guy? Do you think mom's really serious about him? No, I think it's just, a, I think Greg is more of a phase for mom. Okay. Uh, here's our final question for you, Jake. Okay. Uh, so in this episode, Sheldon almost died by choking on his sausage. Can you remember the last time when you were at the breakfast table and overheard your parents arguing over their finances? They never did it over the breakfast table. Lunch. <laughs> oh, all the time. <laughs> Dinner? No, they, I, I heard them fighting in their room, they would, but they would always fight behind closed doors. Well, we never really had breakfast in my house. I would just like have cereal or toast. Hard, hard to choke on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, actually, I would think for babies, at least, one of the easiest things to choke on because it's, it's harder. Like people, I, think I could picture Babies choking on Cheerios? Well, yeah, babies choke on, like, Legos. Y yeah, because Cheer Cheerios, they have the consistency most similar to Legos of any food. How, I mean, like, what, have you ate a Lego test it out? No, but that's why they have the warning label on them. Make sure your babies don't eat these things because they look delicious. And like, yeah, you and I can like scarf down on a box of Legos because we're not a bunch of idiots and gonna choke on them like children. Right, 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 right. Here's a question. I wonder how many adults die every year from choking on Legos. What is the adult death rate of Lego choking death? Well, Nearly. I don't think you can. I think once you hit that age three and up, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the box. It says yeah. so on the box. It's that damn Jimmy Dean sausage you gotta watch out for, apparently. Um, okay, Jake Rush, thank you for joining us here at the Gates of Shell, episode four. Thank you for coming to Shell with us. Yay, long live Israel. <laughs> Obton. What's up? <laughs> It sounds like you're not itching to go on Birthright anytime soon. Absolutely not. Uh, okay, well, that's it for this episode. Obton, I'll see you for episode five. My man. Uh, thank else? you guys for having me. Thank you for coming on. Stay safe out there. Um, I hope you all are doing okay. But regardless, don't listen to this podcast. Don't share it. Don't tell anybody about it. It'll just be our little secret. Uh, and stay inside. See you later. Take it easy. Peace. 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 Peace.